Welcome everybody, Joshi 2010's journey here from Red Leaf Retrocast. I am JD. Thank you all for joining me for yet another episode as we head to the world of World Wonder Ring Stardom yet again in this episode. I believe this is episode 52. Hope I'm right. This one is super interesting because we are heading to uh, May, so it's Golden Week, it's May 3rd, 2012. Last we left off was with JWP and the return of Arisa Nakajima to the professional wrestling world after a number of years, and boy, what a re-debut she had. Love the tag, went and spoken about that, and if you're interested in hearing all these episodes and want to get these early to help... So support acquiring all these DVDs and everything. And, uh, for example, with the help of the Patreon, uh, have acquired the full DVD set of Catch the Wave 2012. You cannot, or at least I c could not find this anywhere else on the internets or the like. It's a direct DVD, <laughs> and uh, I've... Um, ISO filed them all, and I'm throwing them in the Joshi Drive, so if you're a member of the Patreon, you will have access to the Joshi Drive and all these shows that we cover. Otherwise, you can listen on the All Japan Women Wrestling feed, the Destiny podcast, where all these episodes go up on delay. But here we are, May 3rd, 2012, Stardom Professional Wrestling at Corican Hall. Oh my god. Alright. <clears throat> so what happened... In stardom prior well that would have been uh well we kind of did a compilation but we're really going to focus on the highest that was the name of the show also at corrigan hall back in march and that was a capacity of their setup for uh 1320 people okay that was main evented by nanai takahashi taking on mako satamura uh currently the 2012 joshi match of the year with my match guide and you know me I am not the biggest Nanai Takahashi fan, uh, nor am I, like, super high on Mako Satomura. I mean, I, I wrote an entire article uh, over at Voices of Wrestling over why she's not a Hall of Famer uh, by the Wrestling Observer standards and the like. But regardless, that's where we left off. We're in the midst of Nanai Takahashi's World of Stardom title reign. We have uh, double champion Yuzuki Aikawa. Uh, with Yoko Bido, they are the goddess of stardom champions, your tag titles, and she's also the wonder of stardom title champion, the uh, the white belt. And we've been going through the focus of stardom and its startup and how Yuzuki Aikawa is the true star of this promotion. But this show we're going to talk about here, Golden Stars 2012, is really going to put quite a few things in different perspective. And... Uh, Obviously, one of those things is the dichotomy of stardom at this point in time uh, during these early years where, on one hand, half of this promotion seems like it's in Nanai Takahashi's world, and the other half is Yuzuki Aikawa's world, a.k.a. Rossi Ogawa's world. So this promotion is certainly in half in that regard. We have the main event scene, and then essentially the rest of the card. Uh, you can really, really tell what this is and who's training with who and we talk about this a lot so what have we seen going into golden stars well 
we have our champions and we have uh, a little bit of a lead up here heading into Golden Week and Golden Week's a big holiday. Uh, so you would expect uh, Stardom in this case to uh, do well at this promotion. They, they're right out of the gate. They're one of the better drawing promotions in the Joshi wrestling world. And this shows an example of that. Another 1300 capacity, uh, not sellouts, but you get the idea. And if you remember from the Wave podcast episode a couple ago, where it's the retirement of Toshiyamatsu, an episode I vastly enjoyed doing and really went into detail over my uh, appreciation for Toshiyamatsu and Ran Yuyu and <clears throat> what they've meant on this journey uh, leading up to that moment, went into detail over uh, Wave and how it's not a well-drawing promotion. They, they, they've, they've started from scratch in kind of that mid to late, 2000s and how how they just can't really get over the hump of getting you know that those uh 1000 plus crowds if you will and don't they don't really book to that way either it still feels very indie you know and uh even on an oz academy episode recently how they don't seem to run these big venues all that often. I, I, I believe, uh, I, l l go listen to a couple of those la latest Oz Academy episodes. I, I'm more correct in detail there. But they went years without running Corican Hall, as an example. They, they kind of stuck to their region, uh, much like in the Sendai sense, where they run their Sendai big shows uh, out of there. But in the sense of getting out of their region to a place like Corican Hall, they don't really do that too often. But here's Stardom. An upstart group, uh, barely a year into an ex its existence at this point in time, and they've just had two shows get to 1,300 in a matter of two months. That is on a different... And, and no big financial backing either. It's all booking, having new stars, and the only like real veteran on this roster is Nanai Takahashi. This is all fresh, and uh, I believe on the first episode that I went into stardom was kind of the hesitation a lot of uh, fans and blog writers and the like had about uh, the old hat man starting a promotion with more or less quote unquote idols and non wrestlers was was the was the kicker kind of point I want to go to, but this show Golden Stars is I think. A major turning point in this promotion like so much happened on this show that you can kind of point to not only they're here to stay but they're here to grow and make a mark and let's get into this remember once again if you're joining on the patreon write some comments down i'm really interested in what you guys are, are gonna have to uh think and say about this particular episode but also share this episode around Share the share share the uh, the knowledge and wealth uh, with what this episode is, and hopefully we can get even more people on the Patreon. And uh, you know we're doing more episodes, Pure J episodes monthly. We got two of these Joshi 2010s, got the LLPW. So you know you're getting your. I, I I like to think you're getting your money's worth, and I still got a lot of uh, articles to write uh, throughout the year, and. Uh, the bonus episodes of like matches of the year and all, all, all of the like. So let's get going here. Double elimination six man tag match starts the show off. Oh, I apologize. What happened before the show started is also important. Okay. 
So, two things happened before this show. One is, Yuzi Kayakawa is injured. And I believe the original match was going to be Yuzi Kayakawa defending the Wonder of Stardom championship against her Goddess of Stardom tag title champion partner, Yoko Bido. But unfortunately, I believe Aikawa came down with a bad back injury because the way she was walking and kind of presenting herself uh, in the ring was very slow. And this is all in the pre-show lead-up. <laughs> very wacky. So there's a big like DJ dance group in the ring, you know, gold jackets and the like, something straight out of like, like a, a Yakuza side story. And Fuka in high leather like boots and heels is dancing in the ring with them, right centerpiece. So she's still very much a focus of this promotion as well. Because uh, as we know, Fuka, uh, former uh, idol and trainer and starter of stardom and all that. So <laughs> they do the dance number and then Aikawa gets in the ring and she's like in tears apologizing that they couldn't deliver on the match promised and advertised. And uh, there's a lot of people kind of, no, no, it's okay. But this is a big deal in, in cultural in Japan. Could she be playing it up a little bit for the crowd and to ask for forgiveness? This is wrestling after all. I believe there was some embellishment over what's going on. She she couldn't make the date. Uh, but this is not this is notable to me in the sense that they didn't just strip her of the title outright. You know, a lot of promotions, especially from an old school mindset, would just be like, you can't deliver on the date, your title stripped, forget about it, right? We're going to have a vacant title match on the show later. Well, instead, Yoko Bido gets on the mic, she's consoling her tag partner, it's all right, it's all right, we'll figure this out. Act Yasukawa, in her bludgeoning delinquentness, gets on the mic, the crowd just immediately reacts to her. And uh, she wants a singles match with Yoko Bido, but not so fast. Arisa Hoshiki hits the ring, and she's like, no, 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 I want to face Yoko Bido. Who the hell are you? And so they get into a kerfuffle, and it's uh, it's going to be Act Yasukawa versus Arisa Hoshiki, and the winner later in the night will have a singles match against Yoko Bido. Essentially what they're doing is recreating like a number one contender type match here which you know for a title match that was nixed you know last minute due to injury and them going kind of above and beyond i think what they uh what they could have do done they they just did a nice little angle kept us interested in the show and we got an extra match out of it i don't, I don't really have an issue with this i i think it's interesting and it it really brings a focus on either arisa hoshiki and act yasukawa because they're going to go out there twice in the night but there was also news, a couple things in the news before this show, and I got to pull up the article because this is uh, this was one of the most bizarre things that happened. So remember, this took place. This show took place on May third, two thousand twelve, and this is one of the strangest scandals you'll hear, at least in in terms of Joshi wrestling. This is right up there with like the Sakushi pencil stabbing incident. Uh, in Ice Ribbon. This involves Io Shirai and Nosawa Rongai. And Nosawa has quite the reputation as like an indie scummer, politicker, uh, booker of Noah for a period of time that we, we, we know well. At this time, Nosawa Rongai and Io Shirai were dating. And they went to 
work in Mexico. Okay? So Yoshirai has been on an excursion to Mexico with her boyfriend, and a fan... I had to, this was so hard to get, like, the whole story, but a fan apparently presented them with a pair of, like, really bizarre-looking paintings. Uh, it's, um, it's almost like water art uh, of sorts. Well, so they get these, the, 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 they get these, like, massive, I mean, it's, like, as big as them, okay? <laughs> it's just massive artwork. So they're on their way back from Mexico, and they are arrested at the airport and charged with sm- trying to smuggle 75 grams of of weed which was inside the paintings. See, I thought the original story was they they were they they just had like weed planted in their bags. No, it was with these weird ass paintings that the airport security caught. So these two were arrested and they were in jail for about 3 weeks. So everyone's wondering what the hell is going on? They're sh- they're being shamed in the media. Uh, this is embarrassing to stardom and and all kinds of things. Like Nasal Rangai, he he already had a bad reputation, like even back then. But Io Shirai is just trying to trying to like break out. She just signed with this new promotion. Uh, well, they're they're let out of jail after three weeks, and Io Shirai has this like press conference. And it's 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 like it's filmed on like a potato. But she's bawling her eyes out. She she said she's not retiring from wrestling. She's apologizing even though she didn't do anything wrong. They had they claimed they had no idea how the weed got into these paintings. And right they were. <laughs> because it won't be until and, and credit to the hat man here, Rossi Ogawa, because he could have easily, easily just cut ties with her. This woman is a menace to the promotion, gave us a bad reputation, we're in the news, it's going to be harmful. But he stuck by her, and he tr- obviously truly believed her, and uh, she would be on this show. Like, if you, if, you, um, if you line up the events, if I'm correct, uh, like, they just got out of jail shortly before this show, I believe. Well, anyways, so <laughs> they don't cancel her match. She's still in the promotion, and this wouldn't be handled. This wouldn't be uh, uh, solved until July. So two months later, it is revealed that Sugi Masahiro Hayashi. He's the one that books Japanese talent to Mexico, a wrestler himself. He had a grudge against Nasawa. They don't get along. They hate each other. My God. And allegedly, as the story goes, um, oh, uh, um, um, uh, yeah, this agent had promised Sugi that he would get a contract extension if he would have planted these tainted paintings on these two to like fuck. Nasawa and his girlfriend. So Yoshirai guilty by association, essentially. So yeah, with this confession, now to the police, all charges were dropped against Yoshirai and Nasawa. And then Io uh ended their relationship. <laughs> or at least they, they both did. My God. 
Like, uh, yeah, get away from this guy. <laughs> the bad boy may be good, but uh, not on this day. So she, <laughs> this, she's still not exonerated on this show, and yet, uh, you know, it didn't really damage the promotion because 1,300 people still showed up well in line with their cork and hall they ran a couple months prior. Wild story. So we have injured Yuzuki Aikawa that can't do her title match. And then Io Shirai is currently in shame after being arrested for trying to smuggle weed into the country. <laughs> Man, bizarre. Let me, okay, you know what? Let me look at cage match here. Because it would have definitely been between the show where she did uh, the highest and this show in May. So let's go to 2012. Wonder if it'll have some CMLL in here. Um, no, but there is a gap. Let's see. Yeah, here we go. April 8th to April 22nd. There's a, uh, there's a gap. And there was a, uh, Yuzuki Aikawa Proto Show in the meantime. Well, let's look at that. What was on that show? Act Asakawa, Natsumi Shozaki. Uh, it looks like a low-end stardom card. With Kairi Hojo and Yusuke Aikawa defeating Nanai Takahashi and Yuri Haruko in the main event. 23 minutes. Oh, my God. Okay. Hopefully you can't hear my boiler in the background too much. I'll try to get that out in post. But <clears throat> So that's, <laughs> that's kind of where we stand here. Let's get into the show. So it is important to note that... Uh, there's a continued effort of factions going on in stardom now. Remember in the, uh, I think it was a few months ago that um, did a Nanai Takahashi title match and there was wackiness going along with uh, uh, Yuzuki Kawa and like Yoko Bido and then you had like Passion Red on one side. So they're, that that's going to be a theme and important for later in the mass in the uh, later later iteration. We have a good surprise in the middle of the show. So double elimination, six man tag. We're finally here. Eri Susa, Mayu Itani, and Saki Kashima. Let's call them the original stars faction, if you will. Um, they defeat the team of Kairi Hojo, Natsumi Shozuki, and Yuri Harika. Okay, uh, the Harukaze. <laughs> so, just the, the really i mean it's a it's almost a 17 minute match with a lot of low end workers at this point in time the big standouts are obviously Kairi Hojo and surprisingly it's still Saki Kashima but it's Mayu Itani who gets big shine which is surprising because if you remember when Stardom debuted in this kind of first year Mayu Itani is kind of no good <laughs> hence why she's still in the the this undercard with the likes of Eri Susa and the group but She's far from, like, the worst at this point in time now. Now we got the Harukaze kind of showing up here. But Sa Saki Kashima eliminates Harukaze in four minutes. Eri Susa goes on a tear. And uh, she eliminates... She eliminates Natsumi Shozuki, I think. I don't think this order's correct that I got written down. I think Eri Susa eliminates the Harukaze first with a big... She's got these, like... MMA gloves now, and she's got a big right hook kind of down slap to her. Uh, yeah, so I think it goes... I think it actually went... You know what? It, it doesn't matter. The point is, it definitely comes down to... Oh, you know what? That's right. You have to be eliminated twice. I think. 
All right. My notes are all messed up. Point is, Ari Sousa gets a couple knockouts here. <laughs> Essentially knockout blows. They're trying to get that over with her. Saki Kashima gets a good good pin. And uh, Mayu Itani eliminates uh, Shozuki at the 15-minute mark. And then for the last like minute and a half, it's Mayu and Kairi kind of going at each other pretty well. Kyrie, they're... they're they're uh, they're not really grappling, but they're uh, Kyrie's trying to get a spear. Mayu's dodging. Um, there's uh, suplexes and the like happening, and then it finally ends with I think the the possible debut of Mayu hitting her dragon suplex for the first time, and that's how she pins Kyrie. Huge pop pulling off the move to win the match. Uh, that got a good reaction out of me, and the crowd uh, really liked it. Uh, not a bad match considering the length and who was involved. I'm not going to go like any sort of recommendation scale on it, but it was kind of enjoyable. Actually, I was I was always kind of into what kind of gimmick they're getting these like lower end wrestlers into. And we're I think we can kind of point to this as a big major step in Mayu Iwatani kind of breaking out of the undercard and stardom, at least right at this current point in time. And Kyrie Hojo is immediately better than a lot of the people on this roster in the ring. So obviously she just had her debut uh, earlier in the year and she's on, she's on a big fast track going forward. Next match is act. Yasukawa defeating Arisa Hoshiki in nine and a half minutes, uh, kind of a messy match, but we're not watching act. Yasukawa for her, for her, uh, multiple star in ring game. <laughs> we're, we're watching act Yasukawa because she comes to the ring with a fucking whiskey bottle. She's drooling and drinking. She's got eye patch. She's got an eye patch. She's swearing. She's a, she's a, she's a menace delinquent. And here's Arisa Hoshiki kind of shoulder length, black hair. She's got this like weird Brazilian kicking game to her. And she's got the, the tutu and idol look to her uh, very, very much like a Saki Kashima uh, uh, clone, but she kicks. So, I mean, you know what? Maybe that's more like Fuka, actually. Well, Akio Sakawa gets the win with a crushing flipping senton. Just, I mean, buries this woman into the mat. <laughs> Crowd is way into act. She cuts big promos afterwards. She's one of the most fascinating characters in Joshi Wrestling right now, and it's without question... <laughs> why anybody is into her. So she moves on to face Yoko Bito later in the show. Good stuff. And now we have the stardom debut of a wrestler named Yuhi. Okay, means sunset. And do I still have this article up about, about Yuhi? Yes, I do. Okay. So... For those that may have heard this name kind of thrown around, maybe seen a Reddit thread, Yuhi is a very fascinating case. So <clears throat> she was she is uh, she was originally trained more or less out of the uh, it, it's it's not the zero one dojo, but uh, what happened was she was training in kickboxing like years prior under a guy named Satoshi uh, Kobayashi. And it's during that kickboxing training, she met uh, a wrestler that is uh, Ikudu Hidaka. Okay? Uh, he's currently in NOAA. 
he's he, you know he's got a w- wacky history with him. Now is not the time and place to do that. Point is, she m- meets this Hidaka, okay, and he was so impressed by her that he's like, "We got to get you into wrestling." And I believe she's like sixteen at this time. So he goes to a uh, a place called the Norino Dojo, which is in which is how Zero One like got their got their people trained up. So she continues kickboxing, but she also does professional wrestling training. And lo and behold, guess who shows up? Nanai Takahashi, Takahashi and Natsuki Tayo. By coincidence, these two were connected to Hidaka under Pro Wrestling Sun, Nanai Takahashi's former failed promotion. Okay? And what a shock that Yuhi happens to mean sunset in Japanese. So it all kind of comes together, funny enough. So Yuhi is still in high school. And while in high school, she's got this side hustle of kickboxing and rest and pro wrestling now. And if you watch her move in the ring, you'll notice, okay, she's got some sort of sports background. And a lot of... Okay. A lot has to do with acrobatics, you know, the floor routine and gymnastics, that kind of deal and uh, dancing. But this woman is built like she's got big shoulders, clearly works out. She's doing some bench presses. She's got uh, good cardio, thick thighs of, of muscle strength. And even though she's only like five one or something, she she matches up well in height wise to other Joshi wrestlers at this time. I mentioned that kind of in Oz Academy and and some of these wave shows that the wrestlers of the past were much bigger because that's just who they recruited and the and the the talent pool was kind of called for that situation. So here she is. She she did her debut in zero one officially against Yuzuki Aikawa, and there was a big kind of like who is this chick that zero one's uh, going with? What are they going to do with her? There was some hype around her. So Yuzuki Aikawa beats her in the debut, and now just uh, a number of days later, uh, she is, I believe that was April 28th, no, April 14th, she faced Aikawa, and then on April 28th, she faced Hiroyo Matsumoto, who was in the main event of this show. Everything's coming together. So now, here on uh, May 3rd, she's facing Io Shirai who's currently in shame in her stardom debut match. And really a debut to a Joshi wrestling audience. So nobody saw that 0-1 nonsense. Everyone sees her in stardom. And the moveset of Yui is very ambitious and a sign of somebody people are high on. I mean, those looks that build her movement, come on. This this woman screams future star. Like, from the get-go. She's got big hair. She's got... um, She's got uh, she look she's pretty like let's not beat around the bush and when she when you see her in the ring half her hair is in braids she's got a big ponytail off to the side she's got um, she's got wrestling gear it's none of these like rookie onesies situ- situation on she's got kick pads like this chick has a presence from the get go and here comes Io Shirai she's doing the splits in the corner of the ring she's got a she's got a, a, essentially a tiger mask uh, mask 
the orientation of or orientation um, origin of like Queen's Quest going on. So <laughs> it's it's like gold. She she throws it off. Reveal it's all blonde hair. Uh, so Eoshirai is full delinquent now, just fresh out of jail. But jail hasn't changed her on this day. She is still Eoshirai, and she's not going to be outdone by this upstart. I'm going to say it, Prodigy Yuhi. Okay, you watch this match, and I found her zero one match against Aikawa. She's better than Aikawa, and I really like Aikawa. She just gets a little lost in the ring, just like any any other rookie from time to time, and that's okay. That what you know. When we want, when I watch TJPW or some of these other people that debut in other promotions, they're like, "Oh man, she's got she's got tons of potential." Yuri Nagano, Yuki Arai, and TJPW. It's like, yeah, okay, great, that's fine. You watch this Yuhi match, and we're gonna talk about another match later in this episode at the end. You watch Yuhi, Yuhi and she is her. Like, there's no joke about it. this. Is a true rookie prodigy. Okay, this is who you pay attention to at a gate. You don't put somebody with Io Shirai and have a 12 minute match with in their like third match ever. You get real. <laughs> so they do a bit, little bit of grappling and it's all supposed to lead up to Yuhi doing a uh, uh, springboard into an Asahi moonsault arm drag, <laughs> essentially. And she kind of fucks it up and the crowd really pops when she's about to hit this corkscrew and she slips and lands on the apron and it's like shit so close and uh, she collects herself big chop and then she does the corkscrew arm drag right afterwards so she pulls off that at least but come on that's insane out of the gate I, I, I was shocked okay and yes I have seen a couple Yuhi matches, all right? I'm, I'm not totally oblivious to, oblivious to her, but I've never seen her debut match, at least in stardom sense, and I never saw her 0-1 match. I, I've never seen any of her 0-1 matches prior. I've just seen her, her a little bit of her stardom stuff, okay? The movement this chick does, she's doing... She's doing... How do I even put this? She's doing all kinds of kick variation moves uh, to high kicks, spin kicks... But then she's doing like capoeira kicks, you know, like um, uh, who who uh, like Eddie Gordo out of the Tekken series to make a video game reference there. Like she is so unlike anyone else in the scene. So we got Arisa Nakajima coming back to JWP. We have Yuhi debuting out of the out of the out of zero one of all places, and she's already in the midst of stardom. I, you know what? Gonna say it. Obviously, thanks to the connection. That Denai Takahashi had with the, the the various Zero One people. So Denai Takahashi, for all the shit I give her, she also does not have a terrible eye for talent. She's she's got something there. Everyone everyone knows a wrestler when they see see one, and everyone saw this woman Yuhi. So without going into move by move for the match. It's something I definitely recommend you check out. I went one out of three on it. Is it's uh, besides some highlight move movements, it's not like a high end match. You know, you could go like three stars on it if you want. But Yoshirai, you know, hits the uh, the the double arm flapjack and then hits the fucking rider kick, the flipping axe kick off the top to pin this woman. Uh, Yoshirai, in shame, gets the win. Yuhi, 
God, I want to see her win, like, immediately. I don't care what it is. It can be a tag match. It can be a singles match against fucking Harukaze. Let's push this woman immediately. Because she's 16, and I don't care. Like, she's a talent. Simple as that. A match I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here is this tag match. It's Kyoko Kimura, I think making her stardom debut, teaming with Wacky, which is written on her terrible singlet, all black and yellow, Miho, Wakizawa. I am not a fan of this woman. They take on Natsuki Tayo and Yoshiko and lose. Cage match says they won. They did not win. Because I must have missed something here because there apparently there was an over-the-top rope stipulation because I, I never heard it. I never heard it announced. And I'm pretty sure the crowd missed that too because once Miho later in the match gets kind of drop-kicked off the apron, there wasn't like this crowd interaction of, oh, she might lose and get kicked off. But Tayo drop-kicks her off and they have a kerfuffle afterwards. Match was bad and boring. It's 16 minutes and 40 seconds of... Quite bad wrestling, to be honest. And with Natsuki Tayo in there and Yoshiko, you'd think there'd be something there. But look, Kyoko Kimura, she's, she, she hasn't developed her heel antics yet. She's not the greatest wrestler at this point in time. And Miho Wakizawa is awful. She's bad. I don't care that she's a veteran. She's bad. Look, pin, pin her every day of the week. Uh, she at one point Miho does get booted in the lip by Kyoko on a on one of those team mistake moves and bust her lip open a bit and the match shortly ends afterwards. A hard skip on that one. Uh, Yoko Bido defeats Act Yasukawa on here seven minutes thirteen seconds. Look, the match was slow, it was pl- plotting. I, Yoko Bido, I love her. I love Act. They they didn't really bring it here. They were lost like eighty percent of the time. Uh. They they did they were able to at least get into their key moves and make those at least look good. But both these women need to kind of learn each other and act as still you know act in a rookie year too. She's just getting more focused because of her promo ability and and just charisma for days. So you know you, you it's semi main event. You take what you can get. You you would have wished you could have gotten that wonder of stardom title match. But uh, Yoko Bido ends this after a kick kick barrage. Uh, Act trying to dodge only to uh, <laughs> look. She gets uh, she gets punted in the face with a high kick and just gets whacked. That ruled. These Yoko Bido kicks are great. I fucking love these things. But um, you know, I just kind of noticed that the crowd they don't chant Act or Yasukawa. They chant ACT. You know, just a. I'm sure I knew that once upon a time, but just now noticed it here. And then our main event. Nanai Takahashi defending the World of Stardom title against Hiroyo Matsumoto. So, Hiroyo here. Uh, okay. Oh, it looks like Yuhi faced Hiroyo back-to-back days. And then faced her again on May 16th? God, it's just... Okay, we'll get, we'll get more into kind of 0-1 here in a second. What's going on here? But um, let me pull up Hiroyo's 20, 2012... Matches so far. <clears throat> so she had this. Yes. So we we talked about her having this Oz Academy uh, elimination match in the past in 2012. Then there was what did she have? She had that Oz Academy match against Tsubasa Kuragaki in March, where she did that suicide dive and almost broke her neck. Okay. But now she's here. 
did she get a title match earlier this year? I know she had one against Yoshika Tamora in 2010. And then in 2011, uh, she had another title match. This is all Hiroyo, by the way. Uh, tag title, tag title, tag title, tag title, tag title. More tag titles in Oz Academy, just over... Yeah, okay. Uh, Shimmer title against Madison Eagles. That was the one. That was the one. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. So yes, okay, this does confirm my theory and thoughts uh, over what happened in this main event. So, uh, Hiroyo Matsumoto has never really had the big singles push yet. She she had that kind of one opportunity against Yoshika Tamura, which I really liked, and she's mostly been this just high-end tag wrestler. Freelancer, okay? So she, here she is. She's coming in against Nanai Takahashi. Main event, Cork and Hall, 1,300 people, okay? Uh, it's a Nanai Takahashi main event, so of course it has to go almost 30 minutes. Uh, it's it's like a requirement with this woman. Um Hiroya Matsumoto has upgraded her gear. It's much better than the cheap Halloween costume she was wearing. And by Halloween, I do mean the WCW luchador that she... <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> these two, I think, had a pretty good match. It starts off really weird, though. Especially in this first half. But the, the, the initial start is very bizarre. Because the crowd is very much behind Matsumoto at the start of this. Uh, she gets the most streamers. She has the most vocal uh, crowd support. Nanai has her has her own. Uh, you know, I won't deny that. So usually these matches kind of delve into a little bit of grapple feeling out period. They do do that, but then immediately it gets into like a little forearm slap exchange, and the crowd's getting behind Matsumoto, and Nanai takes Hiroyo into the corner. And really does, like, I'll call it a boxing combo. Left hook, right hook. Matsumoto's putting up her arms. And Nanai moves him out of the way to get two huge shots in. One on her, one on her like, kidney area. And then moves her arms out of the way again. And gets two big shots on the face. And they hit hard. Okay? I'm looking at this going... Okay, that seemed weird. And Hiroyo's sitting down in the corner, and she gets hit again by Nanai two more times. And now her hair's in front of her face. The ref kind of steps in a little bit, kind of pushes her away. And then there's this pause. And Hiroyo's looking at her, going, like, what the fuck was that? It's that look. You know that look. So Hiroyo collects herself, gets up. She does the, uh, you know... She feels her face a little bit, and they don't lock up right away. They kind of look at each other, and Royal kind of looks at the ref. And then Nanai kind of shoots in, and Hiroyo just locks in, locks up, and they go through like a seven-minute grapple period. And I'm like, what was that? It was so bizarre. And... Something happens after the match, which I'll get to, but I really have my theory here, and it's a big grifter theory, but I'll kind of hold off on going into detail, but I think if you listen to me and listen to this podcast, listen to Red Leaf Retrocast proper, that you kind of know what I'm driving at, but I won't outright say it because it is just theory and thoughts that I'll kind of keep to myself here. So they go through this really boring, heavy grapple period, and then finally... 
So we have like 18 minutes of a match finally happening after all that. Very bizarre start. And if it was just, if this thing was just on the merits of 18 minutes of what they did, I might even go, you know, four Big Dave stars, you know, 3.75 around there. But, it, you know, I, w- I would have definitely considered three out of three recommendation scale. Full watch, have to watch. But this whole start and what happened in the post match brought it down to a two out of three. And honestly, like three and a half because of all that. Because of. So <clears throat> those last. 18 minutes involved a lot of bomb throwing, lariats, uh, bumping, which was good. Uh, they did a little brawling outside. Denai even hits a suicide dive, uh, which I, I quite enjoyed. That shocked me. Uh, a lot of like power up, no selling from Haroyo. Uh, this, you know, the arms out screaming. Uh, that was kind of her go to. I don't know what to do next, so I just do that kind of move. Uh, Denai not screaming as she does in in 2023, which I really appreciated. She's a little bit more quiet, but whenever this is a tick, whenever Nanai is about to hit a big move, she starts the banshee scream, and she has to do it while she's doing it. It's it's uh, it's like her thing. Uh, do not like that. Uh, it's even worse in this modern era that we're in because now she can't move and she has to pretend that everything. Anyways, so backdrop drivers. Uh, kicks out, kick out, big moves. Uh, we kind of know the formula here at this point in time with a Nanai Takahashi main event. But I really, I, you know, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed those 18 minutes. Uh, it, it it ends with a slap combo that always looks weak from Nanai, at least in this sense. The beginning, it sure didn't. She hits a back elbow. She, she uh, throws her knee into her. Then she hits a fucking punch to the face and Horoyo's down. Okay, that ruled. I love that. Finishes her off with her little hammerlock sit-out power slam to win. Uh, hard-fought match. I thought Hiroyo did very well. It was great seeing her in a main event like this. Uh, in the single sense. Uh, again, 25 minutes, 26 seconds is how long this went. Two out of three recommendations is what I ended up at. Uh, enjoyable. I wouldn't say it's great. There was things bringing it down, as I've spoken about. And then the post-match happens. Okay. So the post-match, Horio bows, crowds chanting Matsumoto a little bit, then they stop, and then as she's making her way to the back of Cork and Hall here, uh, Nanai kind of goes, she she does she does the courtesy, you know, give it up for my opponent thing, thank you for the fight, and the crowd goes nuts for Horio Matsumoto. They are chanting her name throughout Cork and Hall. It's loud. It's completely for her. Horeo's looking around. She can't believe it. Because this is like her first kind of... This feels like her first breakout match, singles match, in front of a big crowd. You know? She had that one against Yoshiko Tamura I keep referencing. But that was in front of like 200 people. <laughs> in in a dying Neo. Okay? So this was a big moment for her. And what happens? Camera cuts back to Nanai. And she's still on the mic. And she goes... No, 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 no. Nanai, nanai, nanai. And the crowd kind of settles down. And then there's like, there's like a hundred people out of the 13 that go, nanai, nanai. So then she cuts her promo. So I'm like, oh, okay. Someone was, so now I get it. Someone else was getting over in the match and you have to stop it and make it about you. Don't pull, she, she, she wants that veteran rank. 
and can't have someone else get put over in defeat. Can't do that. It's about her. Never fails. And this is kind of the start of the Hiroyo Freelance singles main event run that she goes on. I think this was her match that broke her out for other promotions to finally go, we can use her in that. She's she's a solid hand. Uh, she c- clearly has no problem losing. And eventually, you know, with her tag title reigns, that eventually she'll get a singles reign uh, of sorts. But this is... This I, I'm putting I'm putting my finger down on this moment. This is her establishing herself as the freelance singles wrestler that can get into a main event, and she's been doing this since May 2012. We're on 11 years of Hiroyo Matsumoto in this same role. No stories, no pushes really. The Joshi the the Joshi industry tends to pick like one freelancer every now and again and then everybody gets behind her for whether that's putting all the titles on on them at once uh, for visual purposes or they all get in the main events in a, in a line and uh, go from there you know but th- I think this was the start for Hiroyo in that and that was the Golden Star show and then one last thing is the May 20th show of stardom from Shinkiba First Ring I actually think it was at Shinjuku Face. Now I think about it. 425 people. It's Arisa Hoshiki and Yuhi in the main event with the stipulation of... uh, How was it phrased? It is phrased uh, draft match. It's a draft match. So we are officially into Faction Central now. This has been now fully established. And I'll get to that in the post-match. But... This is important in, in stardom history because now Yuhi has broken into kind of the buzz. Shupro, Weekly Wrestling Pro, they're covering this woman, okay? She's really, you know, zero one standout. Uh, the problem is, zero one doesn't run a lot of shows, and they certainly don't have a lot of women that they can kind of bring in. So, very quickly, and essentially... She's a stardom wrestler. She's not signed to the promotion, but this is where she's going to work for the remainder of her career. She'll have an occasional 0-1 match every now and again, just like Yuzi Kiyakao will kind of have a produce show every now and again. But that's about it. So stardom is going to be her de facto home, as we'll call it. She's facing Arisa Hoshiki here, and this would also be the last match we'd see Arisa Hoshiki in stardom for five years. This is it. This is her last one, and it's against... Yuhi. Now, the match ends in a 15-minute draw. So, this clearly, based on all the events that occur, clearly indicates that Arisa Hoshiki and Stardom didn't know that she'd be leaving while this, you know, while this match happened. Otherwise, I, I very much believe that this would have had a much different result. Uh, although tinfoil hat on, if they did know, then the result of the draw could have been politicked by someone in the back to not let this rookie get a win too early. As in, you know, can't break tradition and that kind of stuff. But, uh, this match kind of ruled 
and I went two out of three on this. If they didn't have a couple awkward moments of what do we do now? Because they had the their rookie, they're essentially rookies trying to bust out 15 minutes here. Okay? So Arisa Hoshiki and Yuhi begin the match just kicking the hell out of each other. Because they all have their little kickboxing thing. They're just they just do it for a couple minutes, then they get into a good grapple little showdown on the mat. I was shocked about like how interesting that was and, and good. And then it go then it goes into trying to hit a lot of their key moves. You know, Arisa Hoshiki's trying a little front kick off the top, and Yuhi's doing her wacky caparora kicks that are pretty awesome. They're not throwing suplexes, but they're trying to kick the hell out of each other. And it all leads up into uh, trying to hit some forearms and back fists, and everyone's trying to knock each other out with a high front kick, much like Yoko Bito did to Act Yasukawa <laughs> to Pinner. Uh, rad sequence at the end, and then I'll kind of end it there, is... Uh, Yuhi and Arisa both do front high kicks. They dodge, and then as Arisa's throwing up a next one, Yuhi does a leap front kick, lands on her feet, drops her, and the crowd goes, whoa! (laughs) And I even kind of raised my eyes, and it was shortly after that, Arisa Hoshiki tries a jumping kind of spin kick, and she just lands flat on her knees. She couldn't land that at all. Uh, So it goes to a draw. They do a couple like knockout type teases there and I really enjoyed it. Two out of three phenomenal, phenomenal stuff on the rookie scale. Like no doubt, like both these women, like my God, what a world we would be in if we had like eight years of Arisa Hushiki and Yuhi. What could have been like both these, like at least we got the wonder title run eventually from Arisa Hushiki. uh, And I haven't, seen all of Yuhi from her couple from her couple years, but between Ayumi Kurihara, Arisa Hoshiki, and I'm already throwing Yuhi into that group of my God, wrong place, wrong time of their careers. So after the show, <clears throat> in the post match, uh like the whole <laughs> all the stables come out. And these I I, f- I finally found like what these stables were called. Okay. Uh, and, and then I kind of hints it at the end of that Cork and Hall show, like Yuhi, you want to join passion red? Ha ha ha. Uh, and she kind of looks at her like, I don't think so. Yeah, smart woman, by the way. Uh, so Io Shirai has her group. It's called planet. Nanai Takahashi, uh, is, um, passion red. Nanai's group deal. Natsuki Tayo, and Yoshiko have a little stable because in their tag match, uh, that bad one, they have like half face paint on like the Road Warriors. They're delinquent looking people. Uh, they're called like Denetsu plus one or something or another. Yuzi Kawa has a little group with y- Yoko Bito called Zenroki Joshi. Joshi. Uh, so they all try to convince Yuhi to join them. And eventually, Yuhi chooses to join Yuzuki Aikawa and Yoko Bito, the Zen- Zenroku Joshi group, which also includes Kairi Hojo and Saki Kashima. What a fucking group this is. I love this group. This is awesome. Yuhi Aikawa and Kairi Hojo and Yoko Bito. Let's go. Yo, throw Saki. Yo, Saki Kashima rules too at this time. Let's go. <coughs> okay. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. So after the show, <laughs> this is like whatever amount of time later, Fuka's, Fuka announces that Arisa Hoshiki is leaving stardom, and we found out that particular thing is going to be she's pursuing a music career. And if you're up and up on the, the stardom history, Arisa Hoshiki comes back to stardom uh, five years later, and she has her own like singing entrance and a little singing gimmick thing going on. Uh, well, the music career thing lasts like a couple years, and then she takes up kickboxing. Okay, and she tried to go semi-professional kind of deal. She ends up going one and one in 2014, and that was that. And she shall return to stardom later. So what an episode. I know this feels like the Yuhi episode, but for good reason. We got Io Shirai getting arrested. We got the debut of Yuhi. We got Nanai Takahashi kind of going into business for herself and putting no one over. My God. We got Aikawa injured with a back injury. This was fun. This was super fun. So the next show we got on the docket is we're going back to Ice Ribbon. And uh, we have uh, Golden Ribbon. So also on Golden Week, it's going to be Kana versus Hikaru Shida. There you go. Very excited for that one. Guys, see you next time.